first just wanted to introduce ourselves and say hey. Like Naharika said, my name is Hannah and I'm Ethan. What's up, guys? And we are married. How long have we been married? Is this a test? We've been married for almost nine months. Almost. This, this Sunday, we're spending our nine-month wedding anniversary with you at Breakfast Club. So... No, but we are married, and we've been serving here. Ethan, how long? Ethan's been serving here longer than I have been serving here. Yeah, since about uh, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's like 2018 for me. But we love youth. We love you guys. We really love this church and getting to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Um, so we kind of just wanted to, first of all, when Harika approached us and talked to us about this message, she really said. Like, when you're casting your vision for a healthy, godly dating relationship, what does that look like? So we've kind of taken this and made it conversational. We've made it personal. We have some personal stuff to share with you guys. But if anything, we just want to make sure that you can find, like, your golden nugget, whatever that is, whatever your relationship status is. You're single. You want to be single. You're single. You want to be dating. You're dating. You need to break up with that person. (laughs) Whatever your relationship status is right now, we really want to make sure that everyone can get something out of this. So, like Naharka said, lean in, take notes, um, and we're just going to kind of start off with the story of how we met. So. And Ethan's going to take cool. it away. <laughs> I'm going to take it away. But first, real quick, can we bow our heads, close our eyes, and say another quick prayer? Um, Lord, thank you so much for this time that we get together. Thank you for the time that we're going to have in small groups coming up. Lord, I just pray that you would open everybody's um, minds and, and hearts to what you have to say to them tonight through us. Um, and we just thank you for your presence, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. <clears throat> so... Man, it's so funny thinking about where to, where to even start with this. So I'll give a little bit of background first about, and you know, feel free to chime in whenever, about myself and where I was at just a little bit before I met Hannah. So before I met Hannah, I was very single and, <clears throat> and had, been for about, had been for about two years. And so what a lot, you know, some of you guys know, especially if you've been in my small groups, where my small group guys at, I see a couple of you way back there, yeah. Um, So I'm 29 years old, and one of the biggest kind of speed bumps that I hit in my life was getting married and then subsequently getting divorced. Not to me. Not to Hannah. (laughs) I, no, so what, what happened, guys, is right before I met Hannah, a couple years before I met Hannah, I had gotten married to somebody that I was dating through high school. And we'll get more into a little bit of like the uh, the things that I noticed, the red flags, if you will, that you just, that are so easy to just like sweep under the rug. That's essentially what happened. And, you know, we shouldn't have gotten married, but it eventually taught me a lot about, it led me, uh, it led God to teach me a lot about what, I actually really wanted out of a relationship. So anyway, we're, what is it, summer, summer 2018, kind of like, actually, let's, let's call it spring. I was actually talking to a guy that goes to our church right over here after a service one day, 
and we were, he was praying for me, and we were talking about, you know, I really, really did want, and I was ready for another relationship, but there was nobody that I had in mind, right? It was just like a big, open, like, plenty of fish in the sea thing. It's like, where's my fish? I don't know. Where's my fish? And uh, so what he told me was uh, something very practical that he did when he was um, also single and, you know, a young man. He said, I wrote down every parameter, every little bullet point and thing that I was looking for in a future relationship. I wrote it down in my journal. Like everything from his um, like character qualities and things like that that he was looking for, even to like, he was like, I want a girl with blonde hair. I didn't go that far, but, <laughs> but no, I was gonna say, <laughs> I'll bring it up later. So <laughs> it has to do with height. I definitely wrote something down about height. Um, but anyway, <laughs> just lots. Anyway, so I did that. I actually did that. And then what I, once I had like that hard copy, I just continued to pray about it um, in my conversations with God in the car, before bed, whatever it was. And uh, so as we were approaching camp that year in summer 2018, my mother, my mother, she said, Ethan, so she has this old family friend, uh, Robin Grant, and she tells me, hey, Robin's daughter, I think she's gonna be going to camp this year. You should really just talk to her. Like, she's very pretty, she's really nice. She's like, she, you know, she went to, uh, I had gone on the Dream Center, LA Dream Center trip with uh, the church, and she was like, she, my mom said, she actually chose to go to the Dream Center for her spring break. Yeah, she was, she was laying it on thick. She was like, she's so nice, she gives her time, she serves. And I was like, Mom, I probably did what a lot of guys in this room would do. I was like, Mom, thanks, but I'm not listening to you and taking your dating advice. No way, not even, a, not, not a single, no chance. So I kind of blew her off. And then, actually, a couple times at church, I started seeing you, because you were back from college, right? Yeah, yeah, at that, I guess we can, we're yeah, gonna expand on at? this later, but at this time, too, I was living in Spokane because I was going to college there. And so I was home for spring break, which is around the same time that that happened. Um, and we had like seen each other from across the room, I think. And then we're just You were over there. Yeah. I was over here. Yeah, yeah, whatever. He knows all the details. Um, we're seeing each other from across the room. And my mom was like, yeah, check out Ethan. He's really cute. He goes to Wednesday night youth group again, and I'm like, Mom, I'm not listening to you, you're old, and <laughs> you've done, it's been so long since you've dated, you know, all the classic, just bratty things, and I wasn't listening to my mom, but um, I moved home for the summer, and Noel and Michaela were pleading and pleading and pleading and pleading and pleading me to come to UD camp, and if you, I'm sure, actually, there's probably a lot of you who know this feeling, if you've never been to UD camp, and obviously it's 100, it is amazing, and I'm gonna plug it again right now because I think you should all go for sure, but it's a little scary when everyone's like, come to camp, and you're like, why would I come to camp? They're like, it's amazing, the best things happen at camp, and you're like, okay, like very <laughs> overwhelmed, like that was me, and also I'm like 20, yeah, I'm 20 years old at this point. I had like had a relationship with God, yeah, but definitely walked away from God during college, and. 
It was just kind of like a rocky time. I was trying to pick up the pieces for myself, if you can paint that picture. Um, so they convinced me to come to camp, or they convinced me to try to come to camp, I should say. But I had a nanny job in Kent, um, and the nanny family who I was working for would not let me take off like every single day for camp. And this was also back when it was at Cascade, so it's a three-hour drive. But I was like, okay, I'll go for two days, and then I'll just drive myself home, nanny, for two more days. Um, lo and behold, God blessed me. That next day, after I asked for the time off, that nanny mom fired me from that nanny job. <laughs> and I don't know why I didn't do anything wrong, but I just asked for too much PTO from her. So then I got to go to camp, which is where I met Ethan. God makes a way. <laughs> God made a way. No, I know. So... And the main point of that, I'm not telling you to go to camp to meet your future spouse. I want to make that very clear. Naharika, I said it, it's loud and clear, <laughs> but amazing things do happen at camp. And for us, that's what it was. But also, we were both adult leaders. We're not kids trying to fall in love, so it's a little different. God made a way. I think that's so funny. Okay, all right, all right, all right, this one. Wait. <laughs> so, fast forward, we're at camp. And at this point, I had talked to Hannah, I had met her. She actually, the first thing we ever said to each other was like, we, we knew each other's parents, but we didn't know each other. So like, we kind of went through that. And I asked her, which color journal um, I should pick for camp? Just, I'm just trying to find any excuse in the world. I'm like, she's so pretty. I need to find any excuse in the world to talk to her, right? And, uh, and so she told me, and then, you know, fast forward, I'm still looking for those opportunities when we get to, um, and, and mind you, like I said, I had been single for a while. I wasn't actively pursuing anybody, looking, I didn't, you know, she just came into my life, and I was like, wow, she's so sweet, so, what was it, warm and fuzzy? That's just your, yeah. If you know Hannah, that's, that's a good descriptor. <laughs> the way, the face he just gave me. <laughs> I'm grossing her brother out. Anyway, at the lake, actually shout out Nick Denisi, because I was, Next. there he is. Julian, I, is Julian here? Julian was there too. Yeah. No. Oh, man. I was walking down to the lake at Cascades, if you guys have been there, jumping in a boat to go hang out with Nick for a while. And we were gonna paddle around, talk about life, all this stuff. We passed by Hannah on the deck. And this is really where things were kick-started. Um, I actually went up to her and I was just like, I need to find a way to talk to her somehow. I was like, Hannah, um, hey, yeah, it's me again. Uh, can, can you actually watch my um, keys and wallet? while I go and take this student out on the lake. And, and she was like, uh, sure, yeah. She was super, super kind about it and took it and uh, put it beside her. Even though later I found out you were like, didn't you think that was kind of weird? Yeah, I'd met you like maybe 24 hours beforehand and he's asking me to hold all his stuff <laughs> and I was a little offended by it. But I offended? guess people flirt in different ways, everybody. That's what you can take away from that. People, <laughs> people flirt in different ways. Well. This was just the setup, all right? So then after, actually, do you remember? We saw an eagle. That was a good sign. We saw an eagle on the lake. 
He's not a if you ever see a bald eagle, right that's when you know. So then I went back and I'm like, here's, here's my chance. Now I can actually talk to her and get to know her with the few minutes that I have here before I have to move on and go you know, do some other activities, hang with some other students. We sit down, we just start talking, and it's really natural, really easy, and that never happens with me because I'm not natural or easy to talk to when it comes to super new people, especially a cute I didn't girl. Mean it like that. Yeah, you are not natural, and you are super weird, Ethan. No, but meaning all that I meant was, uh, yeah, if it, if, even if it's not a romantic relationship, I'm sure you guys have all experienced, like when you meet somebody, the relationship is good, like I said, it doesn't have to be romantic, it just clicks, and you really, yeah, right there, match made in heaven. Um, so anyway, we talked for a long time, and then a couple other people joined us. I, made a, I got, had the chance to make a really, really dorky joke, which is one of my favorite things to do. Um, you, uh, the youth group was actually paying for the leader's coffee, but I was like, hey, Hannah, do you want to go grab a coffee before we head back and like spread out? And I was like, you can put it on my tab. And she didn't think it was that funny. But that's okay. I did. And uh, let's see. Maybe you can pick it up right here yeah, yeah. around the time. Let's speed it up. Um, <laughs> I, okay. want, I want to rehash every detail. <laughs> yeah. Um, I call it Ethan speed. Everything's just a little bit slow. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we met at camp, obviously. And then after camp's over, um, he asked me to get coffee, not boba. We actually, do you like boba? Kind of. Yeah, I don't really like boba either. But we got coffee instead of boba. We went know, to Ristretto's. We went to Ristretto's. Plug for Ristretto's. There we go. <laughs> um, and then I remember walking into this and feeling unsure. And the words that Ethan had asked me were like, hey, do you want to grab coffee? And I remember like Leilani and Marley Love were standing next to us. And I was just like, oh, like, yeah, group thing. Like, what's going on? And he was like, no, like, yeah, let's just go grab coffee. And I was like, cool, yep, Sunday after church, it's on. And I went into it not thinking it was a date. Ethan went into it fully thinking it was a date. And so it was interesting at first, I might say. But obviously, yeah, it worked out. Um, and when we were leaving... From there, we were talking about how I was going to New York City to visit my sister who lives there. Um, and then right after that, I was moving back to college like five days after I got back from New York. And so we're looking at probably like a two-week time frame in between coffee date and when I went back to college. And so immediately, those serious conversations kind of had to happen, right? Because we both, at the end of coffee, even though I went into it not thinking it was a date, I left and was like, oh my God, that was the best date ever. I'm going to marry this guy. <laughs> I actually have, maybe we can put it up later or something. I have a, a photo, a screenshot of a Snapchat that I sent to my best friend, Reagan, who was back in Spokane after we left Restretto's. And like my face is like, <laughs> and it says, I just had the best date of my life. I'm going to marry this man. And she gave it to me. Yeah. <laughs> she gave it to me. It's framed in our house. She gave it to me as like a bachelor at party gift or whatever. Um, but just a cute little side note. Um, but anyways, we were kind of in crunch time trying to decide like, okay, do we want to pursue this and start to really date each other and form a relationship and chase after it? 
or is two weeks just two weeks and is that too short to really dive into it? And so before I even got to my car, Ethan asked me to another date on the next night and we went to Anthony's. It's on limited time. Is on limited time. And we went to Anthony's and that was like a for sure date. We side hugged, it was awesome. <laughs> Um, I go to New York, I'm in New York, we FaceTime when we can, introduce him to my mom and my sister, picks me up from the airport with flowers and kombucha, and then literally like three days later I move off to college, but, so this whole us meeting, it was like three weeks, because we met like the middle of August right before camp, and I left for college the day we started dating, September 3rd, 2018. So... That's the story of how we met. Very fast, very expedited. I would not tell everybody in the world to do that and find your person that fast. But for us, um, it worked out that way, and I'm so thankful. Um, so like I mentioned before, we kind of got into the story of us meeting each other. When we talked to Naharika about what we really wanted this message to be about is casting a vision for you guys to have tangible how-tos to have a godly, healthy dating relationship. And so if you're taking notes, which I strongly encourage you to, the title for this message is called, What's Your Focus? And we'll have, a f we have three points in the first one um, that we're gonna stop, start off with is that God wants relationship for us. As, as a whole, as his congregation, as his people, God wants relationship for us and we were made for relationship with that in mind when God made us. So the first scripture I have for you is Genesis 2:18 and it says It is not good for man to be alone. I'll make him a helper, a companion. I'll read it again. It is not good for the man to be alone. I'll make him a helper, a companion. And so this is a significant Obviously, it's significant. It's the Bible. It's Genesis. But it's very significant because this is the first time in the Bible that Jesus says it's not good. And if you remember the first book of Genesis, God is making light, land, water, vegetation, the sun, the moon, animals. Um, and it, yeah, day and night. And every time that he makes something, what does he finish it with? It is good. Exactly. But God makes man it is said, it is not good for man to be alone. I'll make him a helper, a companion. And I love this verse because it really shows Jesus' character. And it says, it's not good to be alone. And that's the significance right there. We're made for relationship. Jesus decided to make a second human so that they could have each other to go through life with. And that just shows, like, Jesus' heart for us is to be in relationship with him, but then also with one another. And to kind of build those, not to kind of, to 100% build those things off of each other. Um, so, yeah, from page one in the Bible, it tells us that we're meant to be in relationship with God and with one another. God wants us to have one another and to use that as a basis for our relationships with other romantic or otherwise. So really just our first point is that we want you to know that God wants relationship with you and he created you with a vision for you to be in, in relationship with others and to have a, you know, a partner one day and that's innate inside of you. Yeah, 
It's a good. I'll pick up. Good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ethan left off and said that that is innate inside of you to want a relationship. Do you guys know what innate means? No? Yes, no? What do you say? A desire. Yeah, exactly. So innate means existing naturally or inherently. It's something inside of you from the moment you were born. It's this desire inside of you to have something. And I want to let you guys know that just like Taylor says that God has a plan for you, the devil has a coinciding plan for you as well. And that should scare you. That should scare you. The devil may want to creep in and have you feel like you don't need anyone, that your isolation is a good thing. But let me tell you, isolation is the devil's perfect playground. Girls, I'm going to need you to stop in the middle row. I'm sorry for calling you out, but I have to. Thank you. Isolation is the devil's perfect playground. And the second that you start believing that you don't need anybody, that your breakup means that you're too gone, too broken, and no one can love you. That you're the relationship example set by your parents means that you're just going to follow suit and you can never have a healthy relationship. That's all the devil's plan. That is not God's plan for you. I promise you that. So as much as that should scare you that the devil has a plan for you, it should get you so excited that God has a plan that's abundantly more better right here on the other side that you get to choose. And you choose that in relationship by becoming friends with someone, by dating somebody. And I want to say, too, like Ethan and I made it a huge point during that though it was short, obviously, now you all know, but during that time in our relationship to make sure that we had a solid foundation as friends. Because let me tell you, now that we're married, like, I wake up and see his face every day. And could you imagine if I didn't want to be his friend and love him for who he is outside of what he looks like and, you know, all that stuff? You have to make sure that the person who you're spending the rest of your life with, you want to wake up and see their face every day. (laughs) It's funny, we laugh and because we're married, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's true, you know, you have to be best friends with that person, and I'm also not saying marry your best friend. I feel like people twist that up sometimes. If you have a guy best friend or a girl best friend, a best friend of the opposite sex, I pray that goes well for you, but do not just marry them because they're your best friend. <laughs> Does not work out for you in the Don't end. Um, but yeah, we just really wanted to make sure that... You guys knew that the first most important point is that God wants relationship for you guys. Um, And so any relationship, it can be a friendship or a romantic one, any relationship with purpose, aim, and direction are not known to open the door to invite the devil to come play. And I'm going to read that again. Any relationship, whether it be a friendship or a romantic one, with purpose, aim, and direction are not known to open the door and invite the devil to come play. So what I'm saying here, just to kind of give a final synopsis of part one, is when you have purpose, when you have aim, and when you have direction between two souls, and those are rooted in God and shared equally together, the devil will never win. The devil will never win. And so those are just kind of things that... I think are important, we think are important to focus on when you're thinking of what's your focus for this relationship. Nice. All right, and so then point number two is that you set the standard um, for what you want to see in your relationship. Yeah. Um, 
both in your behavior and what you have to offer, as well as what you are accepting into your life. So, and I bring this up because we both separately took intentional time to be sing single and to really focus on learning more about Jesus and what he had for us in our own personal lives as people so that, you know, by the time we came together, um, we were able to offer each other, um, we were very complimentary of each other. Um, so we, we were intentional in prayer, in writing, um, back to the journaling that I said that I did. Um, I wrote down non-negotiables, character traits, how they would interact with, with me, and by they I mean my future spouse before I knew Hannah. How, how would they interact with, with me in this situation? Like, if this happened, how would I ideally want them to behave? Like, you know, if, if issues come up, how are we gonna deal with them? I wrote this all down, and uh, I envisioned it. So I encourage you guys to do that, honestly. If you're, if you're at the point where you, you know, if you're just dreaming, uh, thinking about the future, um, it, you know, journal these things down that you're looking for and, and, and really pray about them. Okay. Um, so I actually wanted to read a scripture that I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard that coincides with this point here. Um, it's Matthew 7, 26 through verse 27, and I'm just going to read it out of the message translation. Um, but if you use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. And I think about this verse quite often when it comes to I'm, many different scenarios in life, but specifically um, when it comes to relationships, I think it's pretty important. Because if you don't have a solid foundation built for yourself in your relationship with Jesus, and then you try to introduce somebody else, another whole human being, into that equation with all of the complexity of their own life, uh, you're in for a tough time if you don't have that solid foundation. Um, I know because I've been there, and I won't go too, too deep into that, but I mean, that's exactly what happened with me when I was in my early 20s, and I, you know, decided to move forward with marriage when I wasn't ready, neither of us were. Um, yeah, part, part of my own non-negotiable before meeting Hannah was that my future wife needed to have a relationship with Jesus. And as believers, I think that's a very important thing. Um, Not think. That was a filler word. It is a very important thing. If you want to follow Jesus Thanks, with babe. your spouse or with your future partner, they also do need to be a believer. And I want to emphasize that because I, in my own life, have thought in past relationships in high school um, I can fix him, I can bring him to church, and I'll make him fall in love with Jesus, and that'll be fine, but uh, it's never fine. It's never going to be fine. That is a decision so deep down and so serious that that person needs to make on their own, and that savior complex in you, though it may be beautiful at times, that's not your job. That's Jesus's job. So, excuse my tangent, but... <laughs> I like it. Um, and there's just a couple practical things. Uh, when, you, when it comes to setting your standard, um, you don't just set your standard before, you can set your standard in the, in the midst of dating, in the midst of your relationship. And some of the things that really strengthened our, our spiritual foundation was going to church together, simple things, going to church together, talking about God, um, talking about our questions and our spiritual thoughts and things that 
you know, we wondered or that we were worried about and praying with each other, praying together, um, just with general stuff, everyday, everyday stuff. Yeah. And I wanted to say too, before we, we're about to wrap up with our third and final point. Thank you for holding on. Um, but you set your standard, not only with things you say yes to, but even more importantly, what you say no to. And I want to make that apparent too, because what you say no to and what you say yes to, though you may say you have a certain value system in your life, but the actions and what people see and how you live your life proves what you value. And so if you value a Christian man for yourself so you can raise your babies up in the house of the Lord, marry a Christian man so you can raise your babies up in the house of the Lord. Do what you say that you value so that your life can represent the best whole godly version of yourself. <laughs> okay, part three. <laughs> um, the last point that we want to make is focus on making yourself the best partner you can be. And I came up with this point because I feel like I've unfortunately seen a few times in my life with close friends of mine um, and even felt this pressure before we were, probably while we were engaged or like right before we got engaged. But I feel like there's, whether it's fair or not, I don't know and I'm not going to say, but I feel like there's this idea oftentimes in Christian culture that like, once you get married, you've made it, that's the end goal, you're good, you found your spouse, now you just have babies the rest of your life, and you're all good to go. But that, like I said earlier, is 100% not true. Life still happens. You need to make sure you enjoy spending time with the person who you're going to tackle all the ups and downs with, because you will. It's a lifelong commitment that you make with marriage, and I feel like I didn't even share this with you, but I feel like I didn't even realize the full weight of that until I was married. Obviously, I'm so happy that I'm married to Ethan, and I would never change anything about that. But it's a huge reality when you realize, like, this is forever, man. Like, this is forever. And so I just encourage you guys with that as you're starting relationships or as you're even thinking about dating relationships, what Ethan said about writing down qualities that you want to see in your person. That's so true, and that holds weight, and that holds value. Imagine having that journal and then being like us five years later, and you show all the qualities that you wrote to the person, and it's like God literally delivered that for you. So cool to see. Like, it makes me get chills. Um, but I'll let you take this one and you kind of explain why focusing on making yourself the best partner you can be is important. Essentially, it kind of goes back to set, it's almost like setting a standard for yourself. Like you, you, like would you want, I, the question that I asked myself actually back then was like, would I want to date me? Am I like suitable and do I have all the traits that I'd want to see? Um, I wrote husband or wife here and I don't, never mind. Um, Yeah, I guess, so we both came into our relationship in agreement that we weren't interested in dating just for the sake of dating, meaning that we just, we had a clear goal of like, okay, the end goal of dating should be marriage. Um, and so, and everybody's timeline is different on that. However, for us, that's important to know. Like, if you're in middle school, obviously, like, you know. Yeah, we mean the seriousness, <laughs> the intentionality you bring into your relationship. Yes. Um, but we just had a clear goal, and we were willing to be honest with each other um, if things weren't lining up. 
And it, this also goes back to what I said earlier about having aim and direction and purpose. And I think we found ourselves in these positions being able to be so vulnerable and potentially say, no, you're not the right person for me. But thankfully, I got to say, yes, you are the right person for me. Um, but if you don't have, it all comes back to those three words to me, purpose, aim, and direction. If you don't have those three things, I really feel like you allow the devil or distraction or anything from culture kind of seep into your relationship. Um, and that's where we found ourselves because I was dating lots of people and chasing lust and he had just come from a divorce and failed marriage. And so we found ourselves in that position being able to be so honest, which I'm so thankful for, um, and it really helped. And so to close off, um, Ethan's gonna pray us out, but I wanted to say, we've all heard that saying, love happens when you least expect it or something like that, and God brings someone into your life when it's meant to be. Don't rush God's plan. Very good. All right. Thanks, guys. I'm gonna pray for us real quick. Um, Lord, I just pray that as we close here and we're getting ready to jump into small groups that you would open our our uh, hearts and uh, just allow us to be vulnerable and share some of those things that we're thinking and um, Lord just thank you for all this time we get together in your name we pray amen 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 can we give it up for the Gibbons you guys amazing that was so good that was really good